Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt, and today we have a special guest. We are talking uh, co-owner of Truth Inc. Vocalist Truth Corroded. T- over 22 years since I've been counting with the with the metal scene in Adelaide, particularly. Uh, we got promoter and organizer for Heavy SA, New Dead Fest, newly signed Jason North. Welcome to today's podcast. Hey man, how you doing? I am fantastic. How are you feeling, man? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Good, yeah. good, good. Well, I've got a bunch of questions to ask you. I've been bugging off the uh, bits to do it. You know, we had a couple of guys in the show, like Headbore and uh, a bunch of guys from the, the army and that. So I thought, uh, why not ask the guy who's been doing it? And uh, with a lot of changing in the scene, you know, we've had big shows coming in through now. Download festivals, like the biggest scene now with Soundwave taking the pick. So uh, let's just take it right off the get-go and uh, start it off. Northy, where did it start for you? What happened in your life? Was it traumatic? Was it just awesome? What got you into metal? Everyone's got a great story about it. What was yours, man? Um, I, I've actually told this story in the Metal United Down Under DVD, so I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's yeah, the Iron, if you want to see it. Yeah, the Iron Maiden story. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but um, I guess I'll, I'll retell, retell the story. Uh, let's see, in school, it was, I would have been like, I don't know, nine, nine years old, I think it was. Uh, we had a lesson in primary school. You you call it like library lesson. You go to li- the li- the library and just yeah you get a book and you or you get an audio tape and yeah they're they're free back in our day, but now they let the kids go home. So yeah, yeah so, go on. So it was like yeah, it was like a lesson. You just pretty much bludged and caught shit because you're a kid and you wanted to like spit in books and all that sort of crap. That's all you did, or you know, trash books. But um, a friend of ours, you know, he brought along this tape. Uh, yeah, that's how old I am. It was a tape. <laughs> yeah and it was uh, Iron Maiden Number of the Beast that was, that was the tape and I remember it and it was like it was like oh man we should, we should check this out you know we should, we should get it we should, so we said oh in library lesson let's, let's get a tape deck and go in one of the private rooms and, deck. oh my and, god this is 90s all over it dude ah oh, dude this is the 80s so, the 80s oh yeah it's yeah, right yeah. before yeah that's what I was dying so, um, go on. so um, yeah we got the tape deck and um, you know and I was just looking at the cover going fucking check out this cover it's awesome man it's this yeah. big creature and he's holding the devil and the devil's like got this other little thing underneath him. and there's all these demons underneath us man and they've yeah. got fucking and they're all naked and the devil's got a penis and there's all these dudes <laughs> running around with dicks and shit fucking <laughs> chasing chicks and so I was like this is just amazing this artwork is incredible man and I was like, fuck. And we put the music on and I was like, wow, this is insane, yeah. man. This is fucking insane. Oh. We all went run to Mark and next thing you know, I, I smashed a chair. Yeah. Um, teacher came in and was like, what's going on here? I was like, oh, you know, I broke a chair. She's like, oh, you're expelled. You got to, you know, you got to go to the principal's office and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was... But that's how I got into metal. Is like pretty much the devil had a penis on the Iron Maiden album cover. Exactly, it got me excited. So, well, that makes sense. Or seeing a penis on an album would get most people excited. I'd yeah, imagine, that's right? It. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> what then happened because you go from you know just smashing out on the desk with your mates to the local scene. Because uh, did you get introduced to it slowly, or were you like, all right, I'm a metalhead now. I need to do something with it. What ends up uh, happening? Well, basically, it was at school. Well. At that school at that time, there's only like four or five of us that are into like metal, like th- mm. especially something like thrash metal. Because like, yeah. you know, we got into stuff like Slayer and Anthrax and that when you know, and it's just before it blew up. So say like rain, just when Raining Blood came out, Among the Living, uh, oh, 86, shit. 87. Yeah, we we're like four, five kids with backpatches and battle jackets. You know, what I mean? yeah, you know, yeah, we're that's right. Odd ones out, and we're all in the same classes. And we had an art class, and it was all like, um, you to design an album cover. Yeah. So, you know, I did a Slayer cover, but my friend Darren, he was like, I'm going to do it like, let's start a fake band and we'll all be in this band. So this band was called Necrosis. Oh, that's a pretty and, sweet um, black metal death in my name. It was all like, he did this really cool cover and we we're like, you know, 
for a little while, we're like, man, we should actually try and do this band, you know? Let's, yeah. Let's start. So we started jamming. We started jamming this band. Um, and once you become a band, you know, you want to check out the local scene. Yeah. Um, we started just going to, there was like a nightclub in Adelaide called the Cat House at the Tivoli. Uh, yeah. You know, we were like 18-year-old kids who were arrogant. Forward, forward kings of the world yeah exactly we're yeah. gonna run this place you know yeah. we're the best at what so, we do um, yeah, yeah. The, the clubs were full of like glam back then it was glam you know glam yeah was, so everyone, guys dressing up as girls yeah, the, yeah, hot, the hot chicks from poison yeah there's also like your thrashers and trash kids and shit and there was also like the local bands there so mm. <clears throat> by going there we got to meet who was who in the local bands like bands back then was like the berserker inflictor outrage you know John the Beast, all these, all these real epidemic, all these cool bands, um, and they all played at the Century Hotel, uh, which now it's what the Rosemont is, yep. same, same location. But the Century Hotel was like the place for metal. You had that, and then you had the venue, which became Cartoons. Um, now it's where the new HQ building is. But yeah, yep. so those two, but the venues where they had a lot of cover bands and all the glam stuff, or well, Century had like all the thrash and the underground and death metal eventually and all that stuff. So yeah, we just got hanging out in that scene, got to know everyone. Our little fake band, we started school, we started jamming a bit more. It was yeah. like, oh, cool. So we uh, started just doing some covers, doing some, you know, Violence and Sepultura and yeah, Coroner yeah. and Megadeth, just shit we liked, you know. Managed to write like five or six originals, <clears throat> played a friend's party, and then we're going down pretty well at these parties. So all these bands that we knew of in Adelaide were like, you want to play your first show of us and stuff like that. So it's how we got introduced. We started playing with Necrosis. It only lasted like about a year because, you know, uh, as you find when you're younger, your tastes kind of go different ways. They change. Someone yeah. introduced you a new band. Oh, that's my new favorite band. Buy the six discography yeah. and you start ripping them off, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We, we always sing? We always doing the vocal <clears throat> stuff? Uh, yeah. Well, in the fake band, I was meant to be guitarist and singer. I don't know who decided that. And I was like, oh, I'm oh. not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just way too much work for me. So eventually um, just went, nah. <clears throat> Do well, one properly. In in the, we we started jamming before we played. I was doing vocals, but you know I was only just new at it, so my voice wasn't anywhere near what it sort of even is today. Yeah, so yeah. It was, it was all like you know, puberty's a hell of a shit, man. You know, right? Yeah, that's it. So um, they, I said to me, if you can find a better singer, get a better singer. You know, they got they tried a guy out, but it didn't work. So I joined them, and yeah, just. Basically, just through mimicking my favorite bands, it was just, yeah. You start to then kind of get your own thing. Yeah, it was just like what's more comfortable for my voice. You know, and it was obviously more like the Sepultura sort of stuff. More of aggressive, not not really death metal, but aggressive. Not just a normal thrash voice. So I guess, you know, yeah, Max. Yeah. So you joined the Truth Corroded uh, team around, was it 97? Uh, 96. Well, Truth Corroded, like, like I've known Mark and Greg from Truth Grove I've known Mark pretty much all my life and I've known Greg now for God knows we actually did a Sepultura cover band in 93 called Slays of Pain like that was and that was just for a year and that was we did some crazy shows you know got yeah. paid ridiculous amounts of money it was great just playing because they're not, they're not my favourite band so to play those covers was just good fun after that Mark Adam and Greg started Truth Corroded Core uh, which is more of a hardcore thing um, I also had Simon, who from, is an extremist. He was playing guitar in it. Had a different singer. They did a few shows, played with Sick of It All and stuff like that. Did this banded, and it was like, well, we should do what's the Slays of Pain lineup, but do an original band. So it's like, we started jamming, trying to come up with different band names and stuff. We had a few going around. And I was like, well, just drop the core from Truth Corroded, like, and just be Truth Corroded. Yeah, we all agreed on that, and that's how Truth Corroded became about. So yeah, it was like, uh, I think like 96, 97. We used to jam in. Um, 
Not sure you know Veranda Music. The old yeah, that thing. one that was down um, the street. Yeah, um, Run the Mall. You're on the street. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, we used to jam actually in the store before. Uh, so we'd be playing there like uh, in the Grand Prix. Or, no, it would have been Clipsal or something. Yeah. Like, something like that. Big street parties anyway. So yeah. you'd have like crowds of about 50 people just looking in. And there's like a band in between each the CD I was playing. Like, you know. That, that was <clears> no bigger than maybe like uh, three or four room bedrooms put together kind of thing. Like, yeah. I don't remember it being that big, you know. Yeah. Uh, we were in bet- like, I would be between aisle D to F and, you know. Amazing. <laughs> drum kit would be like, you know, next to the the videos and great random music else. was great because i remember picking up like black and white copies of rainbow um uh, you know concerts from germany that i don't think were actually legal at the time yeah, yeah. you know but it was awesome if you wanted yeah. new music that's uh it was just a place to go to wasn't it yeah that's it it was you know it was the, the pirate bay before pirate bay. yeah <laughs> you know but they were your favorite bands and in adelaide you know there was no other access of getting into anything from europe from that case you know yeah. so that was the best thing about it now, since then, from Truth Career, from those days, you said you saw the start of it with glam metal, thrash metal particularly. Like you said, Slayer was the biggest thing at that kind of time. Then it's changed a lot. Now, from its inception back when you got into it to now, the local scene first, where has it gone to? What's been happening with it? Has it stayed uh, to what it was back in the day where there's still a lot of fun and excitement in it? Or has it uh, dropped off? Has it increased and maybe the kids are going back into it? What are you feeling right now? Uh, I think it's really dropped off. Like, you know... When we first started the Century Hotel days in the 90s, those shows were like four or 500 every time. You know? That's people, people really, Because you had no internationals coming here at all. You, there was nothing. It wasn't until like Metallica came here for Justice that you got. And even in that space of the next six years, you really didn't have much. You know, Slade didn't even come into like 94, 95 and stuff like that. So you yeah. really had not much competition. Everyone to see a live metal band, you'd go see the local bands and it was great. Or you'd go see the cover bands if you wanted to see someone playing Slade, you go see the Slayer cover band. So it did really well and then... When we first started playing, it was doing like the Crown Anchor was doing metal clubs. Our friend Glenn was running there and they were great. You'd, get, you'd pack out like the whole upstairs and downstairs. They'd have like nightclubs up there. We took over like the Seven Stars Hotel. We're booking there and those shows were crazy. And that was when um, like Metalcore got in. Yeah. In. Like we were, we knew the guys in Day of Contempt and Shot Point Blank and Kill yeah. Guy Project. Like we used to jam next and good friends of those guys. So they, were, they came into the scene. <clears throat> we would play with them a lot. Like the, 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 you, you'd notice a shift in the metalcore stuff, like embodiment changed from death metal to metalcore. So they started gradually moving away from the metal gigs and making their own metalcore shows, and they were getting huge crowds. Like the kids were just, you, you'd notice that those kids you used to get from, at your all ages shows are suddenly going to the metalcore shows, and it was like it was just the popular thing, you know. It was just metalcore was just it, the cool it, thing for it's kids. Been, yeah, that's metal, right. metal wasn't cool anymore, obviously. So. <laughs> But show, the, the metal show is still doing good. When we started, then the Seven Stars closed. We did the Tivoli. The Tivoli was really great. Um, yeah. You know, you, you do some shows there, you got like 350, 400 people at the gigs. But yeah. then <clears throat> as stuff like I Killed the Prong Queen and that came about, yes. that's when it really changed. Like all the, I guess like a lot of girls and stuff started getting to Prong Queen. So young kids are going to go where the girls are at. You know, you go to a local metal show. There's not really that many women there. If you're a single guy, it's like, you know, you're gonna go to the metalcore shows, and that's and it just gets a lot more press in the metal. It's just I don't know, it's just not cool to be a metal band. I see what you mean. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's always done well, but now because you get so much international bands here, like the local scene, 
really does struggle. And it's not just Adelaide, it's everywhere in Australia, probably other than Melbourne. Melbourne's the only place. That, yeah, what you know, is it? You can have like four local gigs on and you'll get a couple of hundred at each of those shows because they're yeah. just so into music in Melbourne. They're just so into nightlife and supporting stuff. So. Yeah, and we'll get into that later on in the show. Um, as well as uh, internationally as well, have you seen it? I mean, I've, I hear stories of like bands like Nightwish and that still playing in arenas and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> bands still doing quite successful in that kind of uh, context as well. And obviously... Um, some of the older bands that established their name in the 80s are still doing quite well making some bucks out of it. But then I've also seen articles that uh, rock has dropped off and R&B now is pushed up in front of it for the first time in 20, 30 years. Uh, where is that? What do you think the future? Is this a natural progression for metal or is nothing rubbing against it now to be strong enough to you know, be loud enough to be heard? What is it, do you think? I think metal will always be, you know, it's always been the music for the underground. I think with metal fans, I think it's proven in the stats on you know, metal fans are the most loyal to the music. They're the ones still buying CDs, you know. Yeah. You When they do the the charts, it's like metal bands are still ranking high because they're selling CDs. Well, yeah. they, they sort of like do so many sales of an album. Oh, sorry, so many downloads equals one sale of an album. So you get these pop bands and R&B yeah. bands are getting like 10 million downloads in a week, but it's only really equivalent of say like 10,000 yeah. sales or something. Yeah, so, I understand. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, I heard that the R and B is like yeah overtaken rock. Or yeah, just and it's yeah. I'm, I always wonder like in twenty years now, is a kid gonna know what a guitar is? Or, yeah, you know, is they, that is that kind of the thing? Is that yeah. what's happening? Is is the voice now of the young guys? Have they just moved somewhere else to voice their frustrations yeah. or anger or something? Oh, you definitely notice it. Like you know, with stuff like Heavy SA and New Dead, you do they are all ages shows, but there's not that many kids coming. Like I've done yeah. stuff online going, if you're under eighteen, I'm gonna give away twenty tickets just to get the kids there, and it's actually hard to give away tickets. Wow, the kids are like you, you get like five kids answering, you're like really like. 20, I would have died to yeah. go, be able to go see Napalm Death, you know, they were Brigeria and Lockup yeah. for yeah. free when yeah. you're like 15. Yeah. But no, it was, it was, it's, the kids just aren't into it. It's all like electronic music or it's just not music at all. Just they're too busy, you know, doing other stuff, I guess. Your musical taste, has it changed much? You still listen to the same stuff in your car than you were back in the day or what's in your uh, car now? I just have my pretty much... 200 gig phone SD card on oh, random shit. so my, right. my, my phone will spell out anything from Pig Destroyer yeah. through to Justin Timberlake Michael Jackson all that kind of stuff Earth Wind and Fire wow Earth Wind and Fire yeah that's really you know, that's cool Shaft soundtrack Duran Duran for me man yeah man uh, Tears of Fears we'll play that but then we'll yeah. bust out you know Slayer Seps we listen to everything you can't you know pretty much parties at my house it pretty much ends in just you're gonna just get the whole yeah the whole the whole bit genre yeah here. exactly yeah I have friends of mine when they come over parties like oh is he gonna play anything else and I'm like remember just going to a shop or going to your place and it's like pop and jazz you know but here you get eclectic taste and it's still like you know but I do yeah. like what you're going with that yeah. um, good music's good music it is yeah if it resonates with you it's a great song if it does what it's intended to do you have obviously been singing for a while now have you developed a technique for yourself or did you have to kind of get some help from a few people what ended up happening from uh, 20 years of doing something uh, you feel like you got to hang on that now or what's going on with it uh, vocally do you mean vocally or? yeah definitely uh, yeah it was just I, I did a couple of lessons with just some guy years ago and basically just learned the basics breathing and stuff it was just basically learning how to blow your voice out and then 
when it does happen, you just got to realize why it blew out and try not to do that too often. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if you want to be touring, you know, these guys have to realize that, you know, if you can't do the Tomorrow Night Show as vocalists, then... Yeah. It's also as well, like, you know, vocalists are pretty different to guitarists. It's like, if you get a cold, you're kind of stuffed. Exactly. It's like I say to the guitarist from a band, it's like, if I get like a cold, it's like if I stepped on your hand, you know. But, um, you know, when you do, like, I remember the first time we did a European tour, we had something like 17 shows in a row. And I was like, oh, oh shit, how am I going to handle this? But surprisingly, yeah, you just got into the flow of it. I, I think <laughs> for me, when you're doing those tours, the more problem I find is that you hear stuff like Nile and back in the day, they were having bottles of vodka or whatever and just smashing through. I mean, how do you even wake up after? After yeah. some of these parties, you know, you just you know once you get into the whole regime routine yeah. of it all, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty easy to do. You know, it's why when you see these international bands come through or on their show, you know, show 150 out of 300 that are yeah. like super tight. You go, yeah, because you 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 realize once you start doing them in a row, you go, wow, man, like we're just on fire at the moment. You just feel on fire. Yeah. You feel great. You just have, you can just walk on stage and you know yeah. you're going to deliver the shit. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. Two hours sleep, hungover, yeah. whatever. No, you, you still, it. yeah. For that for that 30 to an hour, hour and a half, however long you get, you know you're going to be fine because as soon as you walk up there, you just forget about it and you you got to do what you got to do and if you sound like shit, people are going to hate you. So. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, metal are loyal but they're also incredibly harsh yeah. if they smell blood in the water aren't they you so, know? yeah yeah that's yeah. All, yeah. There's, oh. there's always that troll waiting to type on his keyboard exactly it fucking sucks man <laughs> the guitar is seven rows back is like just seeing that sweet picking yeah. any notes have been missing that's you know it. exactly we're moving on to that so we'll move on to our next segment and that is uh, your stuff with uh, truth corroded now so uh, let's get straight into that you guys have evolved your sound quite a lot is this got to do with do you find the changing market or the changing scene? Do you, do you ever do? You, are you very conscious of it, or have you guys got a sound that you're trying to perfect and grow on, like a bit like my sugar is? Like, how do you go into it? With thinking with the uh, we, writing, we just play what we like to hear. Like you know, we grew up listening to what we play at the moment. You know, basically when we started out, obviously, Truth Road Core was like a lot more of the hardcore. Biohazard, sick of it all, mm-hmm. sort of, and with a lot of metal tinges to it. So you mm-hmm. know, that's where it started. And when I started, they still had that. We still had that sort of stuff, but we started bringing a lot more thrash as well. Then we brought in just because we're all big fans of like, see, our era of music is say '86 to like '93. That's Ooh. like you know, thrash death metal at its height, Bay Area thrash, Florida death metal. That's, yeah, that's pretty much. Morbid Angel did band death as well, that kind yeah. of stuff. Eleven Creation, yeah, Eleven Creation, Suffocation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sepultura, violence, yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know, that's where we. That's what we're our key music we're into. Was what we grew up on. So basically, that's all what we sort of play. Still, you know, it's like it's also we get into a lot of music and try and bring in different elements. Like we love stuff like neurosis and stuff like that. Yeah, so we always have like certain parts, and I like usually the last track we try and do not do a neurosis song because we could never top that band. We would never even try to do, yeah. do a neurosis song, but try and bring in that lengthy outro sort of song it's a bit darker a bit slower a bit moodier you know yeah. trying to do that so it's also trying to bring little elements but not changing our sound too much because we know we know where we stand it's it's thrash death metal that's pretty much it uh, so exactly so you've kind of thinking for yourself that's what we remain true to and you evolve a sound to a degree kind of thing <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah you know if someone come, say if trent brought a riff and it was like 
total off time with sugar if, if it worked and you could well, you still use it but yeah. I say no that doesn't sound like thrash death metal that's not the case the, the new album we got there's little bits of black metal and all sorts of stuff in there but yeah. as long as it works it works you know but we're not delivery setting out to not sound like something when we're not delivery setting out to sound like something it's just whatever comes and whatever works really. yeah i always hear that from like some of the guys in the scene even jeff lemus one time it's like you're trying to create something that's new but sometimes for me it's all about um how you can make the song it is like you said on its own how you make a great song and i think for me even if it's kind of been heard before anything from disney for example they feel familiar in a pop thing but they always resonate with a much bigger audience end up going to be a hit i know it's bit of a stretch but work with me here you know i'm trying to just put make a point um so yeah is it is that that's, that's what it sounds like to, from where you guys are going from and is it easy pretty easy co with these guys i mean you've been doing it together for these guys for a long time is it easy coming up with riffs and songs or uh yeah well trent came on board about four years ago like mark was always our major songwriter and he he left so we had uh, batters at the time and batters yep. wrote him and greg wrote the majority to save his slain and it definitely had a more of a, a death metal edge that one yeah um the newer stuff the new album trent you know he's a he's a, an amazing guitarist um, yeah he's taken on him and greg worked pretty hard to bring back a bit more of the thrash a yep. lot more of the trent because i'm a big fan of like those mid late 80s trimming riffs you know yeah like, you, you know you know just for all your metal master master property your metallica sort of trims and beneath remains sort of stuff because that's what I love. So any riff that Trent would play, like Trent, put more trim in it. Yeah, no, but he's done a great job. And yeah, it's it, as long as it comes natural and still sort of sounds like ours, then it's all good. You yeah. Know, but. You talked about the uh, music side, but what about lyrically? Have you uh, decided, are you very conscious of what's going on in the world right now? Or do you develop your lyrics from just personal experiences? Um, there are a lot of people out right now that are very uh, conscious of political themes or just the way that the movement's going in uh, the world. What about yourself? What, what um, kind of comes with it? I don't actually write the lyrics. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, Greg writes the lyrics. Greg's a very intelligent person. You know, mm. he's he's really into like a lot of po politics and yeah. stuff like that and human rights. And does it resonate with you a lot of the stuff that he yeah, kind of shares? It does, with you? you know, like if, if it, it should resonate with everyone because if it doesn't, then you're just a fucking heart a terrible you're, person you're a heartless yeah. son of a bitch really it's like exactly if you go oh, fuck dad or I was thinking about tits and cars and it's like well you know yeah, yeah you'll yeah. get what you you know you reap what you sow but Pretty no much. Greg's a very intelligent and he writes and he you know I always ask him like oh what's this about and he'll tell me and I go oh, cool so sometimes we have to rearrange the lyrics and I'll say like does this work here and uh, yeah so but no, Greg, yeah, Greg, well, Mark and Greg used to handle all the lyrics, but now, you know, obviously with Mark leaving, Greg's handled all of the last two albums. So, all right, cool. Yeah, so if, to get in depth with his views, you'd probably have to ask him. I wouldn't want to, like, yeah, you undersell put, it. Put something in his, in his way that isn't right. But, yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. And there's stuff on the new album, you know, it's a lot to do with, like, the refugees and stuff like that. So Perfect. Yeah. If this was a marriage, man, it'd be more successful than uh, a lot of them going on at the moment. You guys have been together, or you've been at least with the Truth Created Moniker now for so long. Yep. Uh, you got any uh, advice for struggling couples out there in the world? Like, how do you reignite the flame that you once had? <laughs> Actually, couples? Uh, <laughs> or foursomes, you know. Uh, some, okay. some have five, so you need to uh, just kind of remember, you know, what they loved about each other uh, the first day they met. What is the secret to a long-lasting marriage? Always uh, accept everyone's input and never fucking don't get too shitty yeah and apologize if you fuck up yeah <laughs> i feel like it's different to an actual marriage because with uh, my band you're right everything you said was right but with um my relationship with my girlfriend it's like no she's right and i just have to admit that yeah. <laughs> so i'm kind of struggling between the both worlds yeah. but uh, and, uh, i probably don't let things boil inside yeah like, yeah that's the, i think that's the one thing like if you if you just have fuck this fuck that on, you know you go home just spewing that's right 
if you don't bring that up, this is going to boil over. And then one day you're going, I'm fucking had enough on quitting. Exactly. Or they'll go, fuck you, you're out of the band. You know, yeah. Or your, or your girlfriend will go, fuck you. You know, you suddenly go, oh, I want to fucking do this. So why did you tell me earlier? Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like this thing where you get these new lyrics and it's like, uh, I hate Jason. Jason's, oh, I don't think this is going to be the next yeah, song, yeah. you know, all this passive aggressive yeah. shit, you know. I guess the main thing is just be open. Yeah. Be open. I want to talk about some of the um, bands you play with actually. <laughs> Is it as glamorous as people think it is? Like everyone thinks it's going to be like the Motley Crue book where it's every story is always exciting and fun. But we're touring in some of the bigger bands in Europe um, and and here as well. Do you find that most of them are pretty cool? Have they mostly got a complex when you hit a higher tier? Or what is it like generally um, hanging out with some of these bands? I Every band I've met has been great. You know, there's a couple of bands that I don't know that I've bumped into I'm not going to name names, but they'll be mm. dicks. But, but yeah. usually any band we've toured with or played with, all great. Touring-wise, yeah, we're, we're, like, we're a pretty easy band. You know, when you go overseas, you're, you you can remember we're all Australians and Australians are pretty out. We're pretty fun, pretty happy, you know. Um, we just want to meet people and hang out. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're just happy to be on tour. We're like, you know, we haven't been doing European tours for like 20 years. We're not jaded. So we're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, we're still loading gear in and loading gear out. And, yeah. You know, and the first tour we did with um, Chrissy and Eleven Creation and Viral Mains and those guys, like, you guys, you're always so fucking happy, man. Look at you, you're lugging fucking shit, but you're so fucking happy. <laughs> That's like, amazing. They loved it. And then, yeah, even the Suffocation Noel tour, they all just loved hanging out with us. It was just great. We just had a great time. You know? Wicked. We're, we're happy to, we know that they're, their, their life is touring, you know, they're making money. So we know money's short, but we're all work jobs, so we're happy. And if we've got some money, we'll shout them beers, you know. At the gigs, they get looked after and they, they return the favour. Here's our rider, drink our rider. But if we're at yeah. a club yeah, and they're not getting free drinks, we're like, man, you know, fuck it. Here, have a beer, you know. It's like, yeah. And it's a great way to get to know people, just buying beers and talk shit. I imagine with the <clears throat> death metal and extreme music in general, you hear like a glass ceiling to a degree. Like you said, you won't be making like maybe selling out 20 like Ed Sheeran to a degree kind of thing yeah. so you always kind of have that humility about you where you, you just feel like you hit it and it just kind of remember, makes you aware of that uh, yeah this is what's yeah. going on and there's people in the industry here there to support you as well and it's like damn like, yeah. you guys are always awesome yeah yeah. well I've been lucky you know I've got some friends that are in some pretty big bands and, and, and this, they're no different It's mm. it's they treat everyone just awesome like you know you, you come into their fold it's like hey how you doing man you guys want to drink there's just it's no different between the smallest Australian bands you hang out with or the biggest international bands, most of them are always the same. It's like, hey, you know, if you want a drink, come and hang out. As long as you don't bombard them with just the same questions, you know what I mean? Like, and just be all fanboy. Most bands just want to just hang out and talk shit. Talk shit about not themselves. Is it important with metal for aesthetics? I mean, we really get a sense of the, the sound as well, how great it is for bands to have a certain sound. So either separate themselves or to write really good songs, but... Visually, there are bands that are coming back like Ghost now and Slipknot, obviously, still, and that they have a, have a very strong presence live when looking at them. But like you said, it's a bit tricky now in our scene because obviously it's harder to make the, 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 the money and having a job as well. So do you think aesthetically, band, metal bands need to be more separate themselves out now or just be more congruent with their songwriting and working within their means? What do you think? I'm not sure what you mean. You mean they need to have an image or something? Yeah, like because I guess with the metal is that we always, I think we have an image sometimes without even realizing it. Like you know, maybe the black or yeah. the certain thing. Is that important now to kind of build up on that to the scene to grow a little bit, or is it not really that important? Yeah, I don't think it is. It is to individual people. Like yeah. some people, you know, you want to be metal, you want to look the look. Depends on it, yeah. it all depends on your genre of music too. You know, so you get all the prog bands now. They all. 
don't wear, you know, your typical metal. You don't see no. those guys in bullet belts or... Like, no, nah, maybe you know, jeans and a t-shirt, yeah, you, you know, know like going to the, the pub. Death, the death metal tracky pants and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you know, true that. So the gent bands are the same, you know, they're all like nice clean cut, you know. Yeah, so, true that. I know yeah. they have, they all seem to have an image for each one, but I don't know, I don't think it's as important. Like you do get your bands like Ghost and that and the image is everything and it works for them because they do stand out. The Slipknot, you know, they, they just stood out straight away so for, you know if every band in the world wore masks then the band that didn't wear masks would stand would out would stand out oh that's the irony isn't it really yeah, you know so but by now almost not doing something you I are guess, doing something I guess it just goes on what you decide to want to do it's like do we want to be a, a, an image conscious gimmick band or or not. And then, or not. And then it just comes into your genre. It's like if you want to be a new metal band, you know, you've got to go buy your hair bleach and your. I had to thrust it on me not to be a hair metal band. Yeah. <laughs> my, my genetics wouldn't let me have that happen to me. Yeah, and my brother. So we decided to say, stay behind the microphone for a bit and <laughs> do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I guess more promotion and stuff. And this is where I want to talk to you about the scene itself right now and how it's going to. And you're, you're kind of take on the pulse kind of thing you know you're kind of reading yep. of it so i got a lot of questions to ask i guess for yourself now you, you do run a label in a sense as well what is it important um with running it and what are you looking for as far as bands or anything in particular for this business to like grow because oh, no one wants a business to die necessarily yep. so what is it that you guys are doing i think we're just looking for bands that we like you've got to like them first there's yeah. no point just going oh that band sucks but i'll put them on there because they're going to sell because basically unfortunately there's not much selling going on for Australian bands and CDs in shops you know anymore you yeah. can get them in there but the, the CD you probably know you go to CD any CD store the CD racks are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and eventually they'll disappear because like the American Best Buy whatever they're getting rid of CDs so yeah Target's just, on its way as well that just tells that JB Hi-Fi will probably follow suit mm. so if they get and then you're going to have like your small what they call mum and pop stores. Yeah. Stores having CDs, you know. Yeah. It's got to be, so... So you're you know, like a place like Utopia will hang around in, yeah, in Sydney. That would be okay. Like yeah. And they'll smash store. it because, as yeah. I said before, metalheads love buying stuff or yep. you'll just sell a lot more stuff at shows, which, you know, you always do sell stuff at shows, which is good. And we yeah. always tell bands, like, you know, if you, if we sign a band, we've got to say, well, you got to release, you got to tour, you got to tour, 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 you got to get do as many shows because that's yeah. how you're going to sell your CDs. Like, we can get them in the stores, but if no one's going to see you, no one's going to buy it, you know, unless, yeah. unless we spend thousands of dollars promoting you like a big band would, but we just don't have the money for that because the sales aren't coming in. You know, it's, it's just going to catch 22 there. So. Yeah. But mainly we look for bands we like and bands that are willing to work hard and yeah, just good people and something yeah. that, you know, because it's, it's a small thing, but it's it's like creating a community as well. So it's we, we try not to get too far ahead of ourselves because that would just be crap but we've, we've yep. aligned ourselves with some good people you know we brought in Michelle who now handles our PR and stuff like that so it's it's growing it's growing a lot faster than what it had before which is okay. good um, you know Greg he runs the label uh, He he's doing really good stuff talking to other labels overseas and now we're working with them to put out their releases here which in turn will put our releases out in their countries interesting so which is a good thing you know that can only be a good thing really you know if you sign to us and hey we'll get your album out in America through this label and you know I mean it's like through distribution and that's the same for like bigger labels when you sign to a bigger label they'll go oh we're distributed by this in Japan we're distributed that in Europe so you know it's just the way it works so you know it's a lot to set up a band um, for Adelaide or, or anyone in Australia to go to Europe and take that plunge so when do you know the time's right for a band to go overseas do you feel like you need to just 
just brave it on. Like I think in Nintendo, I've noticed them. They've been doing a lot of tours overseas and stuff like that. Do yeah. you kind of know you get the finger of the pulse that this is time because the other countries are like playing music on radios and stuff like that? Or is it like, you know, we're going to have a shot, we're going to tour and we're going to see what happens. What is it that a band needs to think about or when's it right to, for them to take the plunge? I think as long as you've got the money. That's it. Or you've yeah. got the means. Like, you know, yep. it's like, I can say you've got the money, but you, you're still going to need to have the right contact. You know, you can't yeah. go, oh, wicked, I've got 20 grand, I'm going to Europe. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But definitely you need the money, but definitely, yeah, you've got to have the right contact. You've got to... I, I, I don't know. It's just if you get an offer, I guess. You know, yeah. The offer will always come up, or you see other bands doing it, and you go, "Well, they're over there. Why can't I?" And then you know, people just check out tour posters and go, "Oh, they they're the promoter there. That's the promoter here." I'll, nowadays, I'll make friends from Facebook, drop a message, "Hey, we're looking to come to so and so. Any chance of that?" Yep. Or you can go the the next higher route and try and get signed to a booking agent. There you uh, go. And you go get signed to a booking agent and go, we're happy to pay you so much money a month if they'll take you. And then they'll go, oh, well, you keep paying, then we'll give, we'll throw some tours at you. So, interesting, interesting. But it's, you, you really need the money to do it though because, you know, no no band's going there making a lot of money yep. unless you've busted your balls and done a few tours and stuff. But even like bigger bands still probably aren't making nowhere near as much money as what everyone thinks they are because it's not cheap to... yeah. One fly from Australia to Europe for like five of you, six of you. You know, get around Europe. You know, you got to print all your merch, and if you're the opening band, you're not getting paid. So that's you right. Know, yeah. So you know, we've been lucky a few times. We had a few grants from South Australian Music Industry and stuff, which has covered our airfare and stuff. And that was great. And you know, you know, but some tours we've lost like twenty odd grand. But you know, sometimes you go, well, I've paid two thousand dollars to sit in a van, drive around Europe for five weeks with my best mates, which is great. If I said yeah. you, you two grand, you can. See one of your favorite bands, twenty five nights, twenty five shows in a row, party, exactly. See all of Europe, you know. Yes, and it's only cost you two grand. You'd go, that'd be fucking sick. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you've got to weigh it up. Is it what you want to do, and is it worth you doing it? You know, that's, as long as as, in, as long as you think it's worth doing, then go for it. If you don't think it's worth doing, then don't get yourself in any sort of trouble. But if you think it's worth doing, then that's all you got. You know, you hear about bands paying shitloads of money to buy on tours and stuff. It's like, hey, if, if they thought it was worth doing, then good on them. And as long as they enjoyed it. Because it's really, when you're 60 years old, you look back and you didn't do that tour. You go, like, yeah. oh, and you stayed at home and sat in your room playing guitar for 40 years. You go, I can, but well, your best mates now done America, Europe and that. You that's know? right. Yeah, he doesn't own a house, but he's had a great time. Yeah, exactly. Like, the end of it, exactly. Like I said before, we end up losing our minds and, uh, you know, getting all put in the same box as everyone else does. Why not, uh, you know, enjoy it? Yeah. And this is the good one. Um, I've actually looked into some promoters out there like Chris O'Brien, Mick Newton, Michael uh, Gudinski, and they've all gone on record saying that the difficulties in bringing um, Adelaide, uh, artists to Adelaide in general. And this yep. was uh, made it uh, popular in an Adelaide.com uh, article, right? There was a problem that they've addressed where it was the wait and see approach that Adelaide became common of doing because the promoters at one point were waiting to sell tickets. But at the last minute, if they weren't selling tickets that they thought they would, they would actually sell them for cheaper. All of a sudden, Adelaide people were like, oh, this is great. I didn't have to buy it at that price. Now I can buy at a cheaper price in the last minute. I don't think they practice this anymore, Jace, but you might know better than me now. Uh, no, it's still going on. It's like still I've going on. Tours. I remember I bought my ticket to Iron Maiden. It was like $120. And yeah. then like two weeks before, it was like 40 bucks. I was oh. like, what the fuck? And I, I actually messaged the promoter. I said, this is bullshit. I bought my ticket. You you should at least give me another free ticket. Yeah. Like, no, it works sort of like airfares. Like sometimes they're cheap and sometimes they're not. I'm like, no, they, well, get, they get more expensive, don't they? When yeah. The longer they go so on. I'm like, well... No wonder no one's buying tickets because yeah. everyone's waiting for you to sell them for 40 bucks. Now, they had no reply to that. So, it's 
Is that just here? Do you think it happens in other states? Uh, no, because um, my my girlfriend's currently going to Australia to watch Incubus. Yeah, oh, Incubus, yeah, right? I know Incubus. I got uh, so this yeah. uh, same deal. Oh, is it? Obviously, sales aren't that big, so they've dropped the tickets to half price. Well, uh, that's in every state. Like Melbourne, you won't get it much because Melbourne, was, as far as metal goes, most shows do all Mel- right. Melbourne, Sydney are going to bank pretty much tours. Like you'll go. Yeah. When you speak to promoters, I'll go, look, we'll ha- we're happy to do Adelaide as well because we'll know that Melbourne and Sydney will cover it. But there's only so many times promoters like, I'm going to cover a loss in Adelaide with Sydney mm. Melbourne when I can just make more profit. More money, yeah. By not doing Adelaide. Yeah. But you get also get some bands, say like a Slayer or Anthrax Metallica, that will demand to do more than just three shows in Australia. Like, we're not flying all Australia to do three shows. We yeah. want to do like six. We want to play every city. Okay, sweet. So promoters have got to go, well, how do we make it work? So then that's, go, we've got to do Adelaide. So they'll, yeah. they'll probably, you know, you probably find that your shows might be like 10, 20 bucks more or, expensive yeah. all around Australia just to cover it. Or know, at least so. Perth or something like that, you know, yeah, at least something else even outside <laughs> yeah. of it. So, you know, but Ooh. yeah, I understand why people will wait to the last minute to buy tickets. But the, the thought, um, the problem with that is that no one has trust in selling tickets now because as yes. a promoter, usually you've got to pay so much money up front to bands. you yep. got to pay their airfares and stuff well, of or course they'll, or they'll demand a 40% down payment or something like that you know what I mean so they're like oh shit and then usually the week before the show the, the bands might want the whole payment so if you haven't sold any tickets in Adelaide you're like shit I've got no money there's no next time let's yeah. just not do Adelaide because it's not covering the cops yeah and especially I guess I don't know if Soundway particularly with AJ Madden played a partner as well because the stories horror stories coming out of bands to this day still have not seen that money yeah. and it's still in financial burden because of taking this on board um is is that is it all to blame to that though is is adelaide always they had a little bit of by at the start or by the very end is it or is it yeah yeah well stuff like the new dead like last year yeah. the new dead was the biggest it was like the biggest lineup i've done it was also the most costly show ever in my life you know, yeah I was up for a lot of money when i said oh okay and sales the first two weeks boom like way better and then it was just like nothing 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 oh. i'm like oh shit i've got a cause, <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, you know, I've got a shitty car, so I can only get so much for this. Um, it wasn't until like, you know, the two weeks out, I was still owed, I still had to pay pretty much five grand out of my own money. Yeah, scary. In the last two weeks, tickets went really well and it sold out. Okay. So, but but that's, you know, that's just me doing one show. Imagine these guys that they, they make a living off promoting. Yeah. So that's the, the, the problem they face in it. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's doing well, and now it's nothing. And I, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to know a lot of these, the the, the lower level promoters, you know, those not not like Gadinsky and Michael Chug, I don't know, but the yeah. next one down, like Destroyer Lines and those sort of yep. people. You know, they bring out great tours, and yeah, I'd speak to them a lot about Adelaide and stuff like that. You know, so it's risky, and it, yeah. everyday person going, "Oh fuck those," and who bring you to fucking Adelaide? It's like, well, that's like me going to you. Yeah. You work all week. How about yeah. you work all week for free? And if you do all right, I might give you some money on the last day. Oh, exactly. You know what I mean, that's that's how it is. It's yeah. like, so these people too quickly go, "Fuck, oh, fuck those guys," and fucking. It's like, yeah, but you don't get it. That, that's that's their life. It's not like it's Michael Chug or Gidinsi who. Who'll just make bank from fucking Ed Sheeran or Madonna or yeah. you know, Adele coming through to bank these small tours? The yeah. livelihood is the small tours. You know, you got Soundworks who do Cannibal Corpse and Behemoth. That's their that's their that's their niche. That's the thing. So if one of them fails, it's yeah. like we can't just suddenly bring over Metallica to cover the cost of that. It's so, scary you know, thought, you, isn't it? Yeah, you get Adelaide. It's, runs at like a $15,000 loss that oh, yeah. Melbourne's making like an extra 20. Really, you're only making five mm. when you could be making 20. So. Exactly. And they're like, you know what? We'll just pull the LA game and we'll guarantee <laughs> exactly. that money. So, 
Exactly. I have noticed a little bit more than usual, though, bands missing Adelaide. I think back in about 10, 15 years ago, I would still see bands every second time come to Adelaide. <clears throat> now, yeah. not so much. Yeah. Is there a chance that we can bring it back? Well, we've got a lot of shows in the moment. Like, yeah. you know, uh, we had Overkill. You've got just Venom, Destruction, mm. uh, Arch Enemy, mm. uh, Sepultura coming through. You know, you got the, the Download Band, Suicidal Tendency. They're all coming. So, it's, it's, it's sort of be careful what you wish for. Because, oh, why are we getting all these bands? Now, you got them all. you got to, yeah. You've got to go if you like them. Yeah. you won't get them again. There's only so many metal heads in, in Adelaide. You yeah, it's tricky, mean? isn't so, it? You know, and you get that usual thing like, oh, fucking, Adelaide, you know, it's, it's a fucking Wednesday. It's like, yeah, but... The gig's finish at 11. You know what I mean? You can, Whatever. You'll still be home by 11.30. Unless you're a doctor or a fucking seismologist or someone that yeah. needs their hearing or needs to be fucking cohesive at six in the morning. Like, you can go about that extra two and a half, two hours sleep that yeah. one night. Yeah. Or you get that mentality, which, you know, a lot of us have. Oh, if I'm going out, I want to drink beers. I want to have a good time. Mm. You don't need to get hammered every night. You can just go watch the sick band and go home and get up the next day. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you should go support every band that comes here, but I'm saying if you like that band, this you should go see them. They've made an effort. I know they're getting paid. Yeah. Probably not as much as you think they're getting paid, but yeah. they're coming here. They're, they're playing Australia. They're probably getting up earlier than you for lobby call and flying out to the next day, the next day about yeah. 8 o'clock. You think it's bad, you like said, you're missing two hours. Just imagine that band who's missing it every night consistently That's in exactly order to right. play at your hometown. Because when you play Australia, you're not getting into a coach and sleeping on the coach that drives to now. You're yeah. getting up lobby call at 5, 6 in the morning, jumping on a plane oh. at 8, getting to the next venue. You can't check into once. So you're sitting in the venue doing jack shit. Yeah, exactly. Watching your Roku. Then you go to your sound check. Then you have dinner. Then you can make and play. Go sleep for four hours. Yeah. Next day. Yeah, I remember seeing some bands who would come here. I'll be supporting and you see him on the couch just trying to get that extra 10-15 minutes sleep they couldn't get last night you know what I mean and yeah. it's like they need to do what they can to survive and you see that and like you said and then he's us playing the first time or the last minute for the tickets and hopefully it was all worth it for him yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah it's just kind of the pulse I see in Adelaide at the moment and maybe it will change or maybe they will just buy it quick at the start and then like you said yeah eventually even if they do it by the end you'll be like it doesn't matter this is just icing on the yeah. cake it's also that feeling as well people go like oh they've already been here i've seen them before you know eh, i don't need to go again exactly so like, well you know so now you've decided why not heavy sa promoting a south australian heavy metal bands now this is quite an, a big task because like you said there are so many metalheads in adelaide and there's so many bands going on but you've decided no we're going to make a festival and we're going to acknowledge and tribute these guys and get people from the scene to support them. Yep. So it's like having a local gig, but some of the best and finest bands coming through. What is it that um, made you think that this would actually be uh, something that people would want to see? Uh, well, you know, I've always been tied into the Adelaide metal scene, being playing or just hanging out. All my friends are in bands, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. um, we did the New Dead. Like, uh, well, before that, me and Leaf and Double Dragon, we had a Against the Grain Festival. That was the first, and that was doing really well. And then we folded that, and I started doing the New Dead. Um and I was doing it, it was always like March, April every year. And mm. I really wanted to move it. I wanted yeah. to move it to like later, like just October, November. Just, I don't know why I just had this reason. Yeah. I think it was because uh, sound, you know, Soundwave was around at the same time. So yeah. Like, and everything else going in Adelaide is just crazy. Man. Yeah. So you I was know? like, let's just move, move it down there. So, and then I had this thing. I was like, oh, okay. So it's like, I had a date booked at Fowler's and I didn't want to do the new date anymore. I said, well, you know, maybe I'll just do an all SA one. Mm-hmm. I was gonna call it the Adelaide Dead, just a one-off thing. I was like, "Call it the Adelaide Dead, that'd be cool." And just ran it around a few ideas, and people were like no, that wouldn't work. I don't, I don't know. You know yeah. Would people actually go just see all Adelaide bands for an all-day show? I'm yeah, like, I reckon it'd do all right if we set up a good, you know, set it out right, make sure it worked well and was cheap enough. So I just started asking a bunch of bands, and you know, rounded up 
worked out I could probably fit if we did like short sets like short changeovers and just make it a showcase and the original idea was to just try and get all the genres of heavy music be it like metalcore metal wise but metalcore grind you know a lot of the metal bands death metal on that and I asked a lot of the bigger bands in their respective scenes and everyone just said no no it doesn't interest us wow that won't do well all the metal bands were happy to do it like all my friends and that you know the they're all like, no, this would be sick. Yeah. Because yeah. they've been to New Dads and they know that hanging out Fowlers all day is, is a good good deal. Regardless of the band, you get to see your mates and you can talk shit. And, yeah, exactly. You know, eat yeah. some sausages and just have a good time. So yeah, I, I got all the bands interested and I thought, well, let's just keep it cheap. I don't need to make, I don't do it to make money. It's like, a, I can, if I can cover costs and the bands can make money out of it, that'd be cool. So we said, let's just do it at, I think the first one was like twelve dollars. Like we'll do it at twelve bucks, and the door was fifteen. And out of the twelve bucks, I took so much to pay Fowlers, That's cover, right. cover all Fowlers, provide a backline, and pay for everyone's mixes, and also the promotion. Got a few, a few of my friends' businesses to do promotion, so it was just mm. like let's do it as cheap as possible. Wow. See how we go. Got the band said the bands look. You can sell tickets, and you get like pretty much all the money except for the money I need to pay for Fowlers, which is like four bucks a ticket. Or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the bands, you know, out of the twelve dollar ticket, getting eight bucks. So yep. you know, didn't have to pay mixes, didn't have to bring any gear other than the guitars. Turn up and get hammered if you want to, you know. So so that first one was great. It turned into a bit of a big party. Everyone cool. was at a ball. We got like five hundred and fifty payers. Yeah, it's like a hundred and something on in the band. So it's like six hundred fifty people there. You know, it's bigger That's than right. the new dead. <laughs> the and irony, it, right? Like everyone's saying it wouldn't work. It just turned out to be massive. And then. Um, it was a great day and a great time. I said, you should do it again. I, I never planned to do another one. And then Fowler's was closing mm. that time. Um, they got threatened to close. And so they asked me if, I'd, if I could do another New Dead. But I was like, I've only just done one. I said, I can do another Heavy SA. So yeah. we can fit that in. Because they're originally closing June last year. <clears throat> so I booked the second one. And the second one was even bigger than the first one. Because so for a day, we can resell tickets. If people are leaving and not coming back, yeah. we can go, well, we can get more in. And we ended up doing like 600 and something pays. Like, we had like 700 odd people at the last one throughout the day not all in one hit but it was it yeah was exactly like, yeah i remember like bands playing at three four o'clock were playing for like 450 people like the fowlers was packed wow and it's cool because well because like we had last year we had a really good mix of bands like you know we had black metal hard rock bands and shit. yeah and they all had a great time as i said like bands that would maybe play an igra in front of 80 playing at fowlers in front of like 200 400 people Man. selling lots of merch because it was so cheap you can, you can turn up and Still have money for merch. And then this year's came around. I wasn't too sure if I was doing another one. I was like, oh. And it was, I was like, yeah, we'll do one more. And I had like a lot of bands I wanted to ask. Yeah. Um, I asked them, but a lot of them weren't able to do it. Mm. So, yeah, it's kind of like, am I running out of bands now? Yeah. So, we'll see how this one goes. I don't know if I'll do another one. Okay. It's sort of like, I don't want to flog a dead horse either. So, yeah. It's like, let's see how this one goes. And then maybe we'll just make it maybe every two years. Okay. Something like that. But I think we'll see how it goes. But it seems to be selling really good at the moment. There's another good lineup. It's good bands. You know, it's on the three shows, I think we've had something like 60 something different bands from Adelaide on it. Cool things, man. And it's just trying to get, like, if you're not playing, still come. Like, you can. Yeah. It's a great place to network. Yes. If you're a new band, come and hand out some CDs and flyers. Like, you know, you know. You're more than welcome to just put a stack of CDs for free on the merch desk and let people take them. Badass, that's great. You meet some people and bands, ask them for gear. You know what I mean? It's a great place to, if you're a band, to network and meet people you don't know. You know? Yeah, aiming to that. And that, that's, you know, that was the point of it. It's like not just a gig for the bands playing. It's like, it's for all of South Australian metal. Yeah. Like everyone come, enjoy it. Awesome. And make a community out of it. Because for a while there, it, it was all a bit 
segregated. No one's really hanging out. So it's just like, this is a cool idea to get everyone to hang out and meet everyone. Oh, you were in that band. You were in that band. Yeah. Cool. Just talk some shit. Firstly, with Fowlers, is it really online support? Are you guys keeping it alive with these kind of bands? Or is it just... Is it going to be around now for a little while longer? Do you um, know this? It's up to the government, really. Yeah. Like, it's a government-owned building, so... Um they keep threatening to turn it into like a ballet dance studio or something. I think that's what they're doing. But then every okay. six months ago, oh, no, we're not doing that yet. You know what? The government's yeah. like, we're going to fund this and then not do it. So, yeah. Because I remember it was at the South Australian Music Awards. Uh, Jay Weaver was there and did his big speech. We're going to keep live music. You know, just fucking blowing smoke up our ass about yeah. live music. And then, yeah. yeah, it was like that finished and it was like, next, you know, we hear they're closing Fowlers down. You're like, yeah, you know, you're sons f- of bitches, yeah, man. Full of shit. Our yeah, face, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, but it's still open. It's open until I know it's open till the end of this year. So yeah. who knows? Maybe they'll go in December. Ah, uh, look, we can't be asked doing this ballet thing for another year. But it sucks for those guys as though they can't. They're living on pretty much six months at a time, you know. Mm, it feels like a little bit, you know. But with downloading that things coming down, big bands then doing side tours. That might be the injection they need. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Download Festival. From the ashes, obviously, of just what happened with Soundwave, bands not getting paid, the controversy surrounding that. Um, people, not, in, at the end of it, they're not really buying tickets. I remember seeing that last Adelaide um, show and that was very scary to see that when bands... And it, it felt like the, through my friends and family and stuff that didn't go was the band that I didn't like, so I didn't go. But for me, I'd go every year if I even if I thought the lineup was great or terrible because I love the idea that bands could play at a place we could go to Benith Park and meet all our friends because everyone would come out to it and uh, it would be just a great day because it wasn't just the bands itself. It was a whole culture that it brought the outdoor festival. Three years, I think. 2015 was the last one that was played. Now, here we are now. Someone's taking... They see a potential market with Download Festival and outside of Australia. How important is Download success? Do you think it will succeed regardless because we've been so starved for it? And especially in Melbourne, like you were saying, being a big hotspot? Yeah, like I never think there's a market for it. Mm. Um, it's strange with download because I thought it would have sold out already. This, yeah, uh, saying it's only I think twenty thousand tickets, twenty five thousand tickets. That's what it is, and uh, I thought it would have sold out by Christmas. In seconds, but yeah. It still hasn't sold out, which is strange. Maybe they just maybe they haven't picked the right lineup. Maybe they don't have a strong enough headliner. But who you know? Who am I to say really? Yeah, exactly. Why? Our tastes are uh, subjective. We've download when everyone heard download was coming, so they instantly likened it to the English download oh it's going to be that big it's three days we're going to have right. like 600 bands and it's going to be ma- and then they announce it's like oh shit we've got like 30 bands in three stages yeah. it's only one day people's expectations kind of fucked themselves over with that you know what I mean yeah. like, oh it's going to be so good oh shit there's only like three bands I like it's like yeah but yeah. if you went and saw those three bands play three separate shows you're going to have $300 a ticket you're getting them all in one day I think it's a great, great lineup honestly the thing is like you said it's a one day thing they're obviously going to test the waters and I think potentially there would be a three day festival if it sold of course the world would do it if yeah. it was there and I think the best thing about it is that local bands are getting a chance on a big stage to play in front of crowds that most of us would just dream about you yeah. know if it does work down like will the scene grow because of it then maybe because people trying to chase the golden apple I think so like they're definitely gone the right way about it by putting more Australian bands like Soundwave really didn't represent Australian music at all you know what I mean it was Not like really. two bands were on earth and then so the, the doors were open at 11.30 and they've been on at 11 or something yeah, like we just were, some weird shit we were know? lucky to play it because someone pulled out Jason Newstead's band pulled out so we, yeah. got, we got offered it and then Volbeat pulled out so then we got offered a full set between was it Gore and Trivium or something? Okay, cool. Which is cool, you know. And, and same with King Parrot, they got and you know King Parrot were on the verge of blowing up, but after they played Melbourne's download, it was like boom, you know, which is great. So you know, sometimes with Soundwave was like 
you're very lucky to get that little foot in the door. You yeah. Know? So, um, but download, they've, they've definitely going about and they've put on you know Psychroptic and, and um, King Parrot which is great because they're two of the hardest working bands and it's great to see a bands like that get rewarded yes and looking at the times they're on at decent times you know yep. I think they're like three in the afternoon or something That's which fine. is cool so and I think it's yeah we definitely need it we mm. need it here like and we need it not so much more for people like myself who are like into more of an underground sort of music but yes your everyday metalhead yeah who listens to Slipknot yeah stuff like that you know you've got to get them interested in going to live gigs again and something like Download is going to get them there. You know what I mean? Good point. And then, and then by being there and seeing a Slipknot, they're going to see a Psychroptic. They're going to go, oh shit, oh, what's this? Oh, see, they're from Australia. Oh, that's sick. They yeah. might get into it. So you need to have these things to draw the people to let them experience the underground stuff. Fair call. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, if I lived in Melbourne, I'd go to it. I don't know, I mean, it was about maybe two or three bands I want to see on it but I'd still go because as yourself I just like going out for all day hanging with your mates yeah it's like the year I think the year Metallica played Soundwave there was just too many bands to see yeah Like, and it's just like you don't have to, next year you know, the whole day's gone by you're like I didn't even see that band I yeah didn't, I didn't see my mates it's like you gotta see 15 minutes of this band then yeah. you're like oh man I hope they play that song and if they don't you have to make that call you know and yeah, it's that's, like that's, that's, right. a, that's a tough so, burden to live with man so I'm you know? sort of happier with like six or seven bands and then like, the rest of the day I can just hang out and see them because yeah. you know, it's like you go to Soundwave you see so many mates you get caught up you're like oh shit I just missed fucking yeah. Slayer or something exactly like, oh I didn't know you'd be here three yeah. hours later like oh, there goes you know that slot you know <laughs> it, was, it was like Christmas for metal heads pretty much it really did feel like it you know same with the big day out back in the day it was like it was always great to go there and just hang out yeah exactly because i would imagine they would do the whole do the melbourne thing first then if that worked they would do australia and if that were maybe extend the days or something you know i can see him doing probably i I don't know if they'd do adelaide or perth i could see sydney melbourne yeah the logistics in doing festivals in australia and, and paying for bands to come all the way out here it's, it's a lot because yeah. people don't understand how much it would cost people to bring bands it's not like Europe when they can do 30 shows in, in 30 days yeah touring in a coach and the, the promoters only, only got to pay for them to come from Belgium to Germany that's right like, exactly no, you've got to pay for them to fly from LA all the way here yeah we saw Grass Pop and like the same bands who play on Grass Pop on the Sunday would go to Hellfest on the Saturday or something so they just switch and these are like the biggest festivals they're pulling 90,000 to whatever yeah. and they're the same lineups they just switch the days over yeah. so like you were saying for them to come here that's it and, and the travel there. distance between a Grass Pop and Hellfest is like something like four hour drive yeah and right you're still, you're still getting like 150,000 at each. That's insane. Yeah. So, hey, it's possible. What were we pulling in, you reckon, at Soundwave and Adelaide on the best day? What was it, about 60,000, maybe 40,000? How many people? Uh, I think Metallica was the biggest one there. Yeah. I think it was like 48. That's 48. Right. Yeah. 45, cool. 48, I think someone told me. Yeah. So. so, we're looking around those numbers then, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just just quickly, is there another? What happens to these massive bands in the eighties? What happens when they die? Because eventually, like, they can't be around forever. Yeah. I mean, what Kiss want to do is have replacements. They want the Kiss moniker to keep going with new people in it, and still call it Kiss. Yeah. Is that what happens now? These old bands just have new players in it. It's like a cover band, or. Yeah, I don't. Well, Kiss could probably get away. With I know, right? Because it's Kiss and it's Gene, right? You know. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I've always like who is going to be who's the there is no next Metallica, there is no next ACDC or Black Sabbath. Nah, there's no one. I can't think like Slipknot are probably the biggest, the newest band to be that big. They can probably play with like twenty thousand, I think. 25, yeah, like you know, but yeah, after that, it's, it's like your next. You got you got like your Lamb of God bands and stuff like, but they're they're only five thousand. Yeah, in America, like Adelaide, they can probably sell out Debbie. 
who's the metal band that's going to sell out the entertainment center? Here? Yeah, no, because I've seen like DVDs with like Arch Enemy and like that and Demi Borg and that. You play at festivals and they're like massive crowds, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they're playing really late at night too. So I get the feeling that these bands would be it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I have to take a step back and going, but not everyone you talk to is they're not branded in the sense that these bands are. Where yeah. just everyone, even if you're not a metalhead, you know the name. Yeah, Australia just doesn't get the cup metal coverage of yeah here though you know in europe it's just so ingrained because you have these festivals everyone looks for yeah here we just don't have it yet so yeah you, know, you get bands like sabaton and that opening sound wave playing in front of 400 people like, yeah they're headlining varkin in front of like eighty thousand. yeah it's like as well they're supporting amon amaf here in the side shows but it's the other way around in europe and stuff amon amaf is supporting sabaton it's just yeah it's just strange it's just different markets how popular they are and everyone knows them you know? yeah like you said we have this like certain <clears throat> philosophy with us like you said very laid back very happy and going there in norway if you're in a certain village you get 11 months of the rain or is rain and darkness and stuff like that just imagine the kind of songs and the dreariness of it but again like you said it's just so close as well yeah um so we talked a lot about heavy essay new dead fest now like you said before we talked a little bit about that getting these what is the intention of that being different to heavy essay like you said heavy essay might just be a once-off thing might come back might not but new dead fest feels different it feels very yeah. much like a generated of very much uh, big proportions you know and uh it, what is it that your philosophy going into that which is different uh, the new dead because I said before we, we did against the grain me and Lee from Double yeah. Dragon we did that and you know we were the last one we did two stages the Fowlers had something like 30 bands and it was a sick line it was like for my birthday so we made it a big lineup. I think I'm, I I remember making $15 on that show and I went to, oh, I, went, wow. I, I, went to I went to a Negro and I bought three scotch and cokes and that was it <laughs> so I was like yeah <laughs> so it was still worth it it was a great day like to this day it's still the best lineup I put on because I pretty much put on like all my favourite bands because it was my birthday yeah and we had a great time but we kind of knew that we couldn't get it any bigger then and we took too much of a risk doing what we did so we stopped doing it and the new dead it was kind of started out like it was like let's let's do a, an all day fest like against the grain but do it more of like some newer interstate bands and, and we'll headline it and mm. put on like Seven Kira and stuff like that as well um, but then you know like anything it just grows and grows and grows yeah. so we started adding like Psychroptic and stuff and then I think it was we did um, Goat Whore and Psychroptic it was Go Who was the first international band I had on it and that's, that's when it really went up a notch people were like oh and everyone's going to be like how, how are you going to top it next year it's like I don't mm. why do I have to top it it's yeah. like I'll just make a, a good day and yeah. and I'll price it accordingly I'm not going to rip people off it's like but if I got an international it'll be more but more expensive but it'll be a sick lineup. But yeah, yeah that's you know, the thing there was that thing people expect you to do better and I was like I don't want to get stuck in that whole Soundway thing when you've you've brought Metallica and how do you get better than that I'll do a two day event and then next you know you've gone bankrupt yeah so like, I, I never want to do that so it's just if something falls in my lap like the napalm lock up Brigeria thing fell in my lap then I'll take it if I can do it and seriously sit there and go all right, I'm not going to lose too much money. I'm happy to lose money. Like the discussion when I had it was like, all right, how much money? This could bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I was speaking to Soundworks who did the whole tour and they like, they offered me to do it. And I was like, well, you know, how much do you want? How much, you know, I've got to pay for these bands. And all right. Worked it all out. And it was like, okay. I was like, well, I want to charge this much. And they're like, well, we're charging. The tour was $70, I think, in Melbourne, yeah. Sydney. And I wanted to I wanted to do it at 50. I was yeah. Like, they're like, you they're like, dude, you won't, you won't make any money. I was like, well, I don't want to make too much. I'm not doing it to make money. I was like, yeah, but you might lose money. So we settled on 60 bucks, which is still, oh, it's for that lineup, yeah. it's great. You know, you yeah. got three internationals and 15 other tickets. So, 
and that all worked out great. But now it's the same thing. Oh, what are you going to do next year? You know, you're going to get Iron Maiden. And it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea what's happening this year. I've got heavy SA. I've got my band stuff. So as I said, when something falls in my lap, it just yeah. falls in my lap. I'll just take it as it comes. But uh, yeah. It's no, it's no intention to make it some massive thing and like I always get asked like oh well you should bring the new dead to Melbourne or do it in Brisbane it's like yeah, yeah I like it being an Adelaide thing like, okay I grew up well truth graded we played Men Off The Brain in yep. Canberra like a few times amazing still one of the best days ever like awesome you know, like, I, it's, we had so much fun there all the bands that go there so much fun and it was like the only reason you'd go to Canberra was to go to Men Off The Brain like because it was so fucking sick that's cool and, I wanted Adelaide to be the same. It's like, what are you going to go to Adelaide for? Yeah. Oh, the new Dead Fest. Like, sweet. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's a great reason to come to Adelaide. And we're getting so many people from interstate now coming over and having yeah. a good time here. Like, yeah. people are going, oh, this is like metal. We never got to go to Metal for the Brains. So this is sort of like it. I'm like, well, that's what I wanted. I make sure the bands I book have a great time. Mm. I'll make sure that the bands playing and everyone watching the bands have a great time. And I'll make sure that people that are going there are having a great time. So it's like three things bands enjoy it, the gigs are great, and the people hanging out have a good time. Cool. And, and I don't lose money. Yeah, well, that's it, exactly. And if I lose a little bit, whatever, but, you know, I've got a lot of people that work for me, got a good template set, and it kind of works out pretty well. And just, yeah, just, you know, I, I enjoy the game of running that. You know, there's always a game when you're dealing with bands and people and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah it's just to and froing. And, yeah, sure. But, um, you know, I, I generally book a lot of bands that I work well with or I know or I've got to know by touring or... Yeah. If not, then they've got to a touring band or at least have something out that people in Adelaide want to see yeah because so, sure. it used to be like a lot of Adelaide bands but now because of Heavy SA I've reduced the amount of Adelaide bands like to about three or four then all inter- a lot more interstate to make it a bit more of a, a national mm. celebration of metal while Heavy SA is a celebration of just Adelaide metal understandable so it's trying to do my best to separate the two as much as possible but sure. it's, it's pretty much the same you know template an all-day metal fest at Fowler's. Okay. Because I was, I was really interested in, in asking that question. But you answered it for me about like, yeah, like you said, people are getting a demand for it, want to see it and that. And would it, would you let allow it to become, if it were to a download or a sound web, but, but it sounds like you're happy and content with it actually being focused as an Adelaide show. Is it your passion though to one day branch out and be one of these top dogs that we mentioned before? Or what is? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. not really there's, yeah. there's, there's something fell my way and it'd be like yeah that'd be cool and like, I don't know yeah. if I could afford it and like, yes you know I'm just like anyone else I don't have money to burn like whatever, yeah you know what I mean? but, but if something came your way and it was like oh do you want to do this and I'd, I'd sit back and work it all out and go yeah okay like you know if you want to you know Dark Angel Reform they want to come to Australia you want to back it this will cost you so much yeah maybe <laughs> but you know, you know what yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's all working it out so um you know, I, I have inquired at Fowler's. I think it was last year I asked about doing the outside stage and, you know, if, if we could make it big and the cost of that, but it just turned out to be too much. And I don't think I'd get enough people in Adelaide to come see something with the lineup I'd put on that would warrant that much money. You know okay. what I mean? So you've got to really go, how many people in Adelaide are you going to get to the lineup you're putting on and could you charge that much to? Warrant this so, okay you know. so uh dream lineup now we're going to talk about uh new dead you can call it under the new dead fest moniker you can give it a new cool name but i want to know uh some bands who you'd put if you had unlimited funds you've talked about like if you had the money obviously but who yep. are some bands if you could create the greatest show maybe i don't know if you want to put in the money or just do the show that's going to make jason north the happiest because yep. you get to see all the bands you like uh what are those bands going to look like or, or be on this list 
Well, I'd put Metallica on it because then it would sell out. Yeah. So, not that I really, not that I really care to see him. But yeah, exactly. So I'd put them on it, then and then I can put every band I want on it. So, so, All right. so the next two to like eighteen, who are those bands? I don't know. Like you know, I I definitely put on a good mix of Australian stuff, mm. just like you know, um, just friends of mine and stuff like that so yeah. you know there's always some great bands in Australia so just because it's Metallica playing there's going to be 100,000 people there so that's right they get a chance to yeah. sing so, no, no, no. but then you know I'd put stuff like Neurosis and Faith No More and Kick-Ass yeah Sepultura Deftones I'd reunite like Mr. Bungle and get Violence back together and Dark Angel and all the thrash bands and some death metal but yeah yeah it's just like pretty much the endless list of my own favourite bands yeah really. but sure I think once you put Metallica on it you know you're going to make bank I know, right? As it's, long as I don't charge you too much and you can look after them, so... Yeah, I'd imagine, like you said, unless, like you said, they have to come down to play at least another five or six more places as well, yeah. so... And all the things but like just that. Just make sure on. it's a good selection that everyone enjoys it, but if, yeah. it's, if it was a personal thing, it would just be a lot of thrash and early death metal and yep. some cool mm. Australian stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And Mr. Bungle thrown in there for that. Actually, yeah, Mr. Bungles. Yeah, there you go. I think um, I was going to ask one more question about um, uh, my brother has a, a segment of um, marry, uh, love, kill kind of thing. Basically, it, in a list of your three favorite bands, um, one you could be, um, be on tour with, um, one you could see, uh, when, you, when you have to actually, unfortunately, break up, so one you two when you break up and one you want to be in, okay? Okay. So these are three bands, right? Now I think you brought up Neurosis. Yeah. You brought up uh, Faith No More. Yeah. And the third one, I'm thinking Sepultura, maybe. Yeah. You yeah. can put that in the list. Okay. Yeah. So out of those three, this is the last question of the night on the day, so we'll finish on a big one. Yeah. Which one would you like to be in for whatever for a tour, or whatever? Which one would you like to support? And which one would you have to then break up as a third? Okay. So we've supported Sepultura. So, we'll support Neurosis. Perfect. So, Faith More are broken up, so I'll break up Faith More. Oh, there you go. It's the main dead. And then I'll go on tour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought you maybe would do the reunite tour, but this way you stay amicable and everyone's yeah. happy, right? Yeah. All right, Jason North. I think that's a, a fair amount of questions. I really appreciate you being on the show, man. Well, man. It took up an hour of your time. But, uh, you know, it's, it's important because we got to hear that you obviously got a really good passion for this and the, and the, you know, the industry really needs it. Uh, just like the community back involved and uh, who knows maybe one day we can be talking about this over a three day download festival yeah maybe you never know you never know that's alright anyway thank you Jason North and we'll catch you guys next week cheers